The Bible says, "Get wisdom, and with all thy gettings, get understanding." Welcome to Learnable Podcast. This is a place where everyday people study the Bible for themselves and transfer its treasures to the next generation. Damsel writes, hosts this podcast. She is a firm believer of digging deep into the Bible for yourself and transferring its treasures to children. She is also a lover of chocolate cake. <laughs> Let us pray, Lord. Thank you for an opportunity to know you through your words. Speak to our hearts, we pray. Amen. Today we have a guest on the show. Her name is Heidi. Heidi has taught and led children and especially teenagers in the study of the Bible, amongst the other various ways she serves in her local church. She will be using some of the tools in the Bible study guide for everyday people. Be blessed. Worship. What I want to share. Today is something I learned recently during my study time. I pray it sheds some light, challenges our status quo, brings about a change in our perception of God, and helps us become more aware of His presence. In Jesus' name, I say this in no light manner. In John four, we meet the now-famous woman at the well, who got into a conversation with Jesus. As we read from verse one, to get a bit of context, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard about the greater crowds coming to him than to John to be baptized, and to become his disciples, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, but his disciples did, he left Judea, and returned to the province of Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. And around noon, as he approached the village of Sychar, he came to Jacob's well, located on the parcel of ground Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jesus was tired from the long walk in the hot sun and sat wearily beside the well. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus asked her for a drink. He was alone at the time. As his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food, the woman was surprised that a Jew would ask a despised Samaritan for anything. Usually, they wouldn't even speak to them. She remarked about this to Jesus. He replied, "If only you knew what a wonderful gift God has for you, and who I am, you would ask me for some living water." But you don't have a rope or a bucket," she said. "And this is a very deep well. Where would you get this living water? And besides, are you greater than our ancestor Jacob? How can you offer better water than this, which he and his sons and cattle enjoyed?" Jesus replied that people soon became thirsty again after drinking this water. But the water I gave them, he said. Becomes a perpetual spring within them, watering them forever with eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, "Give me some of the water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and won't have to make this long trip out here every day." Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. But I'm not married, the woman replied. 
All too true, Jesus said, for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. But say, tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, The time is coming, ma'am. We will soon no longer be concerned about whether to worship the Father here or in Jerusalem, for it's not where we worship that counts but how we worship. Is our worship spiritual or real? Do we have the Holy Spirit's help? For God is spirit, and we must have his help to worship as we should. The Father wants this kind of worship from us. But you Samaritans know so little about him, worshipping blindly, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes to the world through the Jews. The woman said, Well, at least I know that the Messiah will come, the one they call Christ, and when he does, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. In this study, we shall explore the who, what, how, and how it applies to me today too. Now, to get a richer context of worship, we need to go back to the very beginning where it all started. In the beginning, pre-creation, we know that God created angels to worship him. And Lucifer, the archangel, as he was called, was, the ch was in charge of worship. The rebellion and fall of Lucifer. In Ezekiel 28, 13-19, we read, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, chrysolite, and emerald, topaz, onyx, and jasper, lapis, lazuli, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountains were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a cherub guardian, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your hearts became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out of you, and it consumed you, and I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. All the nations who knew you were appalled at you. You have come to a terrible, horrible end and will be no more. 
Isaiah 14, 12 to 16. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zion. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you were brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Those who see you stare at you. They ponder your faith. Is this the man who shook the earth and made kingdoms tremble? Such a sad account, isn't it? We need to bear in mind that Satan has not given up on his desire to be like God, to become the center of attraction where worship is offered. His goal is to ensure that anything apart from God gets the worship, and he strives to achieve that always. And then we see that God decided to create man in his own image and for his pleasure Revelations 4, it says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, the Holy One, to receive the glory, the honor, and the power, for you created all things, and because of your desire they exist and were created. God's desire that man can worship him of his own volition. God enjoyed fellowship with man. Hence, he always came down in the cool of the evening, as we read in the creation story in Genesis. Lucifer, now Satan, tricks man to rebel against God and turned mankind away from God, who is the object of worship to themselves and everything else other than God. Genesis 3, 4 reads, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. Do we see a correlation between that scripture and Isaiah 14, 14, where Satan first had that idea? He said, I will ascend above the tops of the cloud. I will make myself like the most high. This tells us that his desire to become like God has not changed. That desire is what he sold to humanity so he could turn around and scorn God like he wanted to do with Job because he, know that he knows that God has a need. Yes, God has a need that he cannot meet himself. We see this in John 4 where we read earlier. Verse 23 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is seeking worshippers in spirit and in truth. Take note of spirit and truth. I'm sure we've heard this so many times before that we tend not to pause and calmly think about what it means or what it implies. The devil knows this and makes it his goal to disrupt and distract 
worshippers. I mean, we can testify to this. We are fine until when we decide to spend some quiet time with God, to read our Bible, to meditate on the Word of God and pray, or we desire to lead a life pleasing to God. Then it suddenly seems like all hell lets loose. Going back to John 4, I have a burden in my heart. Why does the verse say that God is seeking? As if to say that God, the unlimited God, the great and the mighty one, has a need. Yes, he does. I realize that there is one thing God cannot do for himself. He cannot worship himself. True. Think about it. God cannot worship himself. That is why he is seeking. Little wonder the devil is comfortable with us coming into a church premises and faithfully observing the time of worship as we so fondly have it on the agenda. But he craftily dis distracts us with every other thing happening in the moment. We are carried away with the song, with the lead vocalists, with the instruments, with the ambience of the church, with the whole worship experience, that it is really difficult to focus on the one to whom we have gone to worship, on the one who should be the center of attraction, to the extent that we may even end up worshiping the worship experience. When we are done, we hear questions like, are you having fun? In church? As though it was about us. It's like attending a party and not acknowledging the celebrant throughout the whole time. And leaving feeling great. You had an awesome time there. We leave at the end of the service feeling good that we have fulfilled our religious rituals like the pagans and idol worshippers do. And we believe that God must be very pleased with what we have offered to him. And this reminds me of the story of Cain and Abel. The devil is content to leave us in church, week in, week out, month in, month out, and year in, year out, in that mindset. We seem to be oblivious of the fact that God is still seeking. He is still yearning. He is still longing. He is still attempting to find that one lady that gentleman, that boy or girl, who he made in his image, the image bearer, to worship him. This calls for a deep reflection, because God cannot be mocked. He judges the thoughts and intents of our hearts. We may put up a show and camouflage all we want, but he seeks the one who will wait at his feet, like a waiter at the restaurant, waiting to hear what he wants in that moment and how he wants it not shoving whatever we feel he deserves at his face and turning up the music as loud as our consciences will allow to deafen and numb us from listening to his heart true worship is acknowledging god the father through god the son by the enablement of god the holy spirit no more no less. God is seeking worshippers in spirit and in truth. Spirit, 
because man is created after the image and likeness of God, his very nature. The flesh is not acceptable to God. This implies that we can only worship from our source. Secondly, in truth, Jesus is the truth. So let me say that again. We can only approach God the Father by the help of God the Spirit through Jesus, God the Son. Any worship void of the Trinity is not worship. It is sin to have missed the mark. Reinforcing the fact that worship is not the song we sing, but the constant acknowledgement of God as the source of all that we are and do. It is the posture and position we take as children of God. It is the habitat of one born of the Spirit, regenerated, born anew, made alive to God, to the way He intended from the beginning. In conclusion, Deuteronomy 6, 4-5 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, the only Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and with your entire being, and with all your might. This is where true worship begins. Our prayer, the prayer of my heart is that we may remain connected to the Holy Spirit so that He becomes the perpetual spring within us watching us forever with eternal life, such that when God seeks, may he find us. May we meet the need of the Father. May we be the worshippers, such in spirit and truth. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. We would love for you to also dig deeper into your study of the Bible. So, we have put together a free Bible study guide, which is tailored for everyday people just like you. To get a copy, all you have to do is go to damselwrites.simplymore.co.uk and that is damselwrites.simplymore.co.uk and download your own copy. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, share with a friend and remember to leave a rating. Five stars are our favorite type. Thanks for listening. Have a beautiful day. And we'll see you in the next episode. Shalom.